Hello, Space Junkies, and welcome to episode 105 of What a Piece of Junk, the Star Wars podcast here on the Fandom Podcast Network. I am your host, Scott Botman, and joining me today is my inimitable co-host, Mr. Derek Marsh. Derek, how's it going? Happy Friday! Happy Friday! We are recording today in a slightly off-kilter moment for our usual schedule. Uh, It is 3 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon, and we are recording the podcast during the daylight hours. Uh, Sadly, Mr. Miracle will not be with us today due to a death in the family, Uh, but we are still here to provide you with some expert analysis, or at least our analysis, of uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch episode number whatever that was uh episode five (laughs) episode five of season two treasure planet so yeah (laughs) well but first we need to give uh uh, mr nathan miracle a happy birthday we do Uh, shout out so that's right uh nathan is celebrating his birthday today the day that we are recording uh and so his we'll be final sure. year of his 30s that's right we'll be sure to razz him about being 39 once he returns so uh good stuff so yeah well Derek, you know this week's episode of the bad batch was uh felt almost like another side quest although there is great potential here for this to have been more important than we realized later on in the season um with the thing that they discovered of the eponymous treasure planet um there were a whole lot of connections to other adventure stories and star wars lore that i saw um it, it's not my favorite episode by any means, but I had a good time with it. I don't know. What did you overall think about it? I think the Bad Batch got off easy because they didn't have to travel to the Lonely Mountain on foot. They got to go there by spaceship. <laughs> right. They, they battled a dragon, but they didn't really battle a dragon because he was very small. And Wrecker basically threw him out the window. And yeah. the third, they didn't have to fight four other armies for a battle of five armies yeah. in order to keep the heart of the Lonely, you know, the heart of the mountain. So. Yeah, it very much was a lot of Lord of the Rings uh, atmosphere going on here. Or honestly, one of the things that I thought the entire time was I should adapt this for a Spelljammer adventure in Dungeons and Dragons because this is absolutely Spelljammer for D&D. Go to a planet looking for a treasure, fight the Guardian, get the magic item, do the thing, and then, oh, at the end it all blows up. Yeah, we can't keep the treasure either, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, it definitely felt uh, uh, homage to, uh, you know, Indiana Jones. Yes. So I wonder if, if this was kind of the tribute for, you know, Indiana Jones 5 coming out later this year. Um, I also got the uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, vibes going on there with the Titans and and all the mechs type deal stuff there. Um, Some people have also talked about uh, Pokemon. Um, And ironically enough, the the beast that I'm fighting in Zelda Breath of the Wild for the Nintendo Switch that I got for Christmas (laughs) is Uh just like us. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, well, you know what? I'll get there when we talk about the uh, connections <laughs> to the rest of the Star Wars galaxy. Um, but I, I think I almost heard a little bit of Indiana Jones music uh, sprinkled in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely there. I think this was an ode to George Lucas and Steven Spielberg from Filoni. So. But yeah. it was definitely, I mean, overall, though, I mean, I, I, I thought the episode was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, it didn't um, seem quite, you know, pretty uh, uh, quick paced, right? It didn't really have any slow moments. Um, it was more of a um, episode for, um, what is it, Fee, uh, Wakanda Sykes. Yeah, um, yeah character. Wanda Sykes, Wanda Sykes yeah. Uh, Fee, yep. 
Yep. So it was more of that um, felt like because we hadn't really gotten anything other than kind of her hanging out at Sid's bar a couple of times. Um, but uh, overall, though, I thought it was a fun episode, but I didn't think it was, as you mentioned, it was another side quest. And it, but it really didn't lack or I'm saying, it really lacked anything else pertaining to the whole story. Maybe the universe, it's a little bit bigger, right? Because now you have something else. But right, right. outside of that, for the, there was no character development, unlike the last episode where we got a bit more with tech, right? And his moment to shine. This really wasn't like any particular thing. I mean, unless if you're, like I said, it was just meant to be for Wanda Sykes' character. And it's like, right. okay, then I guess. But then really, she didn't do much of anything other than, you know, I felt like Omega solved most of the mysteries. And then when anything happened, she she saved Wrecker and she got the heart of the mountain, but then she had to be saved quite a few times too. So, yeah, yeah, she was definitely making it up as she went along. Um, yeah. And like you said, maybe that was the whole point was for us to realize that you know she's a lot of she's all hat and no cattle. Perhaps she's mm-hmm. she's less a pirate and you know treasure hunter and more just con man, yeah. con woman, con woman. So okay, and, well, and... let's uh, let's jump on into the questions then. Uh, what did you like most about this episode? Um, like I said, I thought it was just, you know, overall f- a fun episode. I mean, I would probably say my favorite thing um, was probably ended up being um, the the Titan or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that was just kind of cool because, um, you know, w- what does it play into overall? It wasn't just Jedi. Right. Because that's what everybody right. thinks. Right. Every time we go to a secret temple from olden days, it's the Jedi or Sith. Right. So it was nice that it wasn't that and that it was some other, um, you know, alien race or or society that developed this, you know, mega weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was the, the thing that I liked the most. Well, I would say about the temple deal. Definitely a connection to Star Wars, the old Republic video game for me, because that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite eras of Star Wars. So I'll talk about that again in a few minutes here. But um, what I liked most about the episode was when Omega had the compass. So I I enjoyed that we had the compass thing and they shined. They were able to realize that it involved blacklight stuff as well, that it wasn't Mm -hmm. just a uh, detector, but it was the little lens deal. Big time. Uh, vibe from Star Wars The Force Awakens there, where we were looking for the map to Luke Skywalker, and then also Raiders of the Lost Ark to me. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and in and other Star Wars stories, there's a compass thing that Luke has to get in, uh, I want to say this was Star Wars Battlefront? I think that's the, uh, or maybe it was Battlefront 2. Anyway, there's a um, mm-hmm. There's a compass that he has to find, and then that compass is a bit of an Easter egg in The Last Jedi, because you see it uh, on the shelf in Luke's hut when he's there on Ahch-2. Um, mm-hmm. I think there may have been an idea to have that be a more important point of the storyline, but that ended up on the cutting room floor for whatever reason for The Last Jedi. Um but yeah, I really liked that when Omega looked through the compass, she could see the almost like blacklight clues, mm-hmm. you know, within the tomb or the temple there. So I'm definitely going to, I'm glad Nathan's not on this episode because I'm going to incorporate the whole idea of blacklight clues into a D&D puzzle someday in the future. Now, I'm sure he's going to listen to this episode. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, sure, he's going to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully he'll forget <laughs> about it by the time I incorporate it or he'll do the, he's, he's actually pretty good about 
uh, using knowledge that he knows versus knowledge that his character would know in D&D mm. and, and not, you know, metagaming. But we'll, <laughs> we'll see. But I just love that idea. It's very much a, an almost a 1980s adventure movie trope mm -hmm. where you've got the blacklight thing going and you're like, oh, but did you hold the Declaration of Independence over an open flame to check for stuff written with lemon juice? Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely was, right? Every puzzle, they had to turn things around. Like I said, yeah. I feel like I was, like I said, it was funny that my, my you know, right now doing the, uh, one of the, uh, um champion uh things for zelda breath of the wild is pretty funny that it's almost exactly the same so yeah i love i love that about breath of the wild it has that old the classic idea of uh ancient aliens or you know the the orange sun yeah the shakia yeah because basically the idea that you know we all think that we're slowly but surely discovering and advancing things and then we find some ancient tomb and you're like oh gosh the people from ten thousand years ago were like millions of years more advanced than us yeah. but you know, but they're, they're then they wipe themselves out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Their civilizations were lost, and everything got bombed back to the Stone Age, um, which is actually a Star Wars uh, standard operating procedure. Because if you look at stuff that was happening in Star Wars: The Old Republic, or then in the High Republic era that they are now exploring in literature, um, they're way more advanced. And we sometimes look at the stuff from Naboo in The Phantom Menace, and we're like, gosh, this stuff looks better than the, the things from Episodes 4, 5, and 6. And the answer, of course, is, well, yeah, because the stuff we saw on Naboo is pre-Clone Wars. Then the Clone Wars happen, and the whole galaxy gets blowed up again and just mm -hmm. wrecked shop everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, that was in keeping with the idea, and I loved the Blacklight clues. That's got to be my favorite part. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what did you dislike most about the episode? Man, they done my my cooler droid dirty on this one, man. So he, uh, <laughs> I thought he was going to make it, and then nope, he just got blown up. So they didn't even and, revisit it that like, oh, let's, you know, pour one for our homie here. You know? And even worse for Mel is, uh, yeah, uh, Fee was just like, eh, no big deal. I have a backup <laughs> copy of his file on my ship, and I'll just build him a new body. Like, wow. <laughs> it's, it is certainly a far cry from Lando and L337 and so yes. on. And he was like weeping over the death of the droid, even though he too apparently had the whole you know, backup copy. I'm going to hook her cortex to the Millennium Falcon thing. So I, well, I thought they took her head and put it. He hooked it up. I Maybe thought that so. was that was during solo. He took it and that was the only way he could save her was by transferring yeah. her consciousness, apparently, you know, consciousness into right. the, the Falcon. So, but yeah, it's, it's very funny how she's the, the polar opposite of Lando and L337. Mel got blowed up. Big deal. Happens every week. <laughs> yeah. Also so, further proof that she's a terrible pirate because her, you know, she her crew keeps, that's why she hires robots because they keep <laughs> the droids. She can replace them, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good times. Yours? Um, I disliked that this, uh, this is going to make me sound like an old man, but so be it. It was dark. And I don't mean gritty. I mean, like, every so often I was all, what is happening in this episode? I cannot tell what's going on. Everything is so dark in this ancient tomb. The Batman, right? So. Yeah, it's like, I get it. It's supposed to be dark. But come on, work with me here, uh, animator people. I need to see something. And yep. this isn't the first time that I've had this complaint about the Bad Batch. During the episode last season where they were yeah. doing that thing where they're on the mining car and all those bats monsters are below them mm -hmm. as they're going from one end of the city to the other like in the secret tunnel most of the time it was all 
we can barely see our heroes faces and that's it you know mm -hmm. they, they had like one or two flashlights and i was like come on you guys you can't <laughs> save money on the animation budget just by making everything happen in the dark there you go game of thrones season eight. <laughs> oh gosh yes <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. Question three. What connections did you draw to the rest of the Star Wars galaxy? So I like this one. Um, I, I don't have the original. I just saw it on Reddit when I was reading up on some stuff today about it. Um, that it was, and actually I think it was, it might have been a CBR.com post um, or, or article as well. Because the, the whole thing that having these titans or whatever you want to call them out there these obviously Palpatine hadn't realized that these were out there at some point, I imagine. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like this would have been perfect propaganda for him to tell everyone, this is why we need a death star. Because oh, yeah. I need to be able to protect people from this kind of stuff. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, being able to just blow somebody up because they disagree with you about, you know, pineapple on pizza. And... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that one there is for Kevin Reitzel. So. <laughs> we'll see if he listens. Um, but uh, yeah, no, just uh, just in that, I thought was pretty funny um, in the overall uh, storyline of like, yeah, you could use this as propaganda, you know? So, and then how many more are out there, right? If this was just a one-time thing where, like I said, a, 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 you know, somebody traveling saw this and escaped, you know, the clutches, you know, and they became, you know, stories into, into myths and the legends type deal stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the people just ended up destroying themselves. But it also, I, I would think that it can't be that old because I mean, unless if it was the way the power of the machine worked, but it's like they've revisited that planet and it's like, yeah, this place has been destroyed, which obviously was done from the Titan, but at the same time, like if that was done thousands of years ago, I would have think the planet would have, quote unquote, healed itself by then, Right. You know, something would have overtaken it. not necessarily, but at least, you know, I mean, it, it could take, you know, millenniums more than what they're they're talking about here for the planet. But for it wasn't doing enough damage to me, in my opinion, that wouldn't be any different than like a volcano or something where after maybe a thousand years there, it would have been all, you know, regrown and stuff. So this had to be at least something more recent within the past couple hundred years. Yeah, um, I so my big connection uh, is um, the Star Star Wars: The Old Republic. This droid monster thingy looks like one of the robot droids that was used in the Isotope Five storyline on the planet of Makeb uh, for that uh, that video game. Um, but to, to, to but further on your point about this couldn't have happened that long ago, I didn't take it that this particular Titan destroyed the whole planet i thought that it was like a war of the titans and this was the only one left and so there had been like dozens or maybe even hundreds of these things stomping across the surface of this world and that's why it's all you know decimated or, or desolate even to, to this day and that some of the ones that were there had even more powerful weapons than what this thing had and so they just like scoured the surface of the planet which is why it never recovered and maybe even that some of their weaponry used radiation, which, you know, will render someplace in, uninhabitable for thousands of years, you know. Well, I mean, and that could be right. I, I mean, like I said, there could be multiple, but I would have thought you would have. I don't know. To me, if the things were metal, like it would got buried. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so it activated it. So but like what covered it then? Right. Over all this time. I mean, yeah, it was the. 
you know, right. the planet was vacant at this point. So I, I don't know. Like I said, it just, it seemed like it just left a, a lot of unanswered questions, right? You know, what sure. was it? Was it, you know, like you said, was it was a, a civil war, you know, a planet war. Was it just a one-time deal thing? And that was how they deactivated it because they felt oh, it was too powerful. Something like that to me, you know, I don't know, right? It, it could be a lot of things, but like I said, it just felt like for what was shown and what we saw was just the one and not like pieces of it scattered everywhere else which could be right i don't know yeah um i just felt like it's like this has to be more recent rather than thousands and thousands of years ago pre pre doing the republic and the jedi in my opinion yeah alternatively though we we maybe the maybe the planet is healing and we just haven't seen we didn't see that part of it because i mean lizard Ooh, guy maybe. lizard guy had to come from somewhere yeah, I mean, there could be plenty of stuff that... Well, And the thing was interesting, too. Like, did it dig tunnels into the hall of the machine, too? That was what I was a little confused about, Oh, I think too. he was coming through to grab Wrecker through... Um, there was some, the holes he dug. There were holes. But then I think the the robot thing, the, the Titan, had various holes in it, too. Maybe. And yeah, I think I, he was reaching through there. Um, it was fun to watch Wrecker uh, fight him because the... The, the big lizard coming down and trying to grab you and being impervious to blaster fire because you're such a beefy creature. That was a, another call back to other Star Wars stories to me is um, everything is yeah almost everything that's that's wildlife is all like blasters. <laughs> It, like the rancor, you know, it can just shrug them off. And... The Sarlacc. Well, I mean, I guess the Sarlaccs tend to like the one little uh, tongue things weren't immune yeah. to it, but the rest of the tentacles. But the rest were... of the Sarlacc, it was just like, meh, no big deal. And of course, yeah. the Creek Dragon in Mando uh, was all like bl yeah. blasters. And then yeah. I don't know about a Wampa. The only thing the Wampa I know wasn't immune to was the lightsaber, but yeah. we don't know. But about the one blasters. thing we've learned about Star Wars is very few things are immune to lightsabers. I yeah. mean, it's a big deal that Beskar is. Uh, old school lore, Cortosis was, but almost everything else can be cut through by a lightsaber given enough time and technique, as Qui Gon Jinn showed us on the droid control ship in yes. Phantom Menace. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i said i agree with you there, there's overall connections opportunities with that um uh, but i i think you know obviously it opens up a whole opportunity for prequel prequel mm -hmm. prequel mm -hmm. stuff like yeah, beyond yeah. original trilogy but i'm old still republic hoping times. i'm still hoping someday we get an old republic tv show or movie of some kind um yeah maybe so that maybe feloni will go down that route because they won't do a live action so maybe we'll get an animated form yeah that would be cool so that brings us to question four so customized questions for this episode what the force was that giant robot dinosaur thing and so my personal theory is that it is similar to an isotope 5 robot from star wars the old republic where you take a battle droid or tank droid and you soup him up to give him arms and legs with blasters bristling in almost every direction and then you power him with this incredible radioactive compound called isotope 5 that was drilled out of the core of the planet Makeb thousands and thousands of years before uh, episode 4 occurred. Uh, and so Derek, as you may recall from those levels in the first expansion set for Star Wars The Old Republic MMO, Rise of the Hut Cartel, uh, the Hut Cartel takes over the supply of isotope 5 on Makeb and starts making super awesome weapons and armor and whatnot and trying to conquer the galaxy because apparently that's what you do when you're a hut or anybody else that has a super weapon in Star Wars. Well, yeah. And then didn't they create like a mini mech was one of the raid bosses too mm -hmm. from that. Yep. So yeah. you had to do that and dodge the fire and everything else. Yeah. You kind of had to fight. Yeah. You kind of had to fight a big robot like this thing in, in this episode. Not quite as big as that. Not one. Not quite was. as large. Right. Yeah. But a similar design with the the quadrupedal and the big head on the neck and yeah. the giant turbo lasers at the top of the head, you know, pew, 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 pew. Mm. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely definitely makes it a raid boss. That's for sure. Yes. So, I mean, do you have a theory about it being something else that it wasn't a droid, but maybe art, um, just a vehicle? I I don't think it was a um a AI type deal thing. I think it was designed for one thing, and mm -hmm. that was basically destruction. Because like as soon as it woke up, it started. Now, now, granted, that could have been like you said, it had been slept for thousands of years or whatever and the last thing it knows it was blowing up but there wasn't anything on it so to me it was meant for one thing and like it wasn't even like it it was just destroying everything like yeah. even the ship like the ship didn't have anything on it that was like a life form that would even want to detect it right and obviously it destroyed the robot so it doesn't care for anything that's yeah. even you know non-art you know non-artificial so um i don't know so i i, I think I like i said something to... else as a weapon but that's about it I was curious as to whether it was attacking uh, the droid Mel because he was moving. Like, it was almost like a T-Rex. T-Rex. Ah, movement. <laughs> yeah, but then why would it go for the ship, though? That was the thing, because the ship was just sitting there. It's not like anybody was on the ship, like, oh, no, yeah. we got to save Omega or, or Tech right. or Echo on the ship, right? Right, so, right. So, yeah. and I mean, the planet was pretty, pretty desert desertless or whatever, you know, apocalyptic, if you want to yeah. say. Um, and then even, but even like with the way the moon or the sun, however, it was the way they were, you know, doing it with the, whatever it was supposed to be giving them some light when they were on the planet. I mean, it just, I don't know. It just felt weird because like I said, there really wasn't, there wasn't anything like an inscripted story or like a hologram, you know, that gave us something right about the backstory of what it was. So, yeah. I also thought that perhaps when fee put it into the thing yeah, and turned the heart of the mountain into the you know locked it to into pull place. it out um well no when she locked it into place the first time uh when they got up to the control room i was wondering if maybe she just put it in the wrong slot combination yeah like she put it in kill mode and if you had put it in the other side you know it would have been in i don't know barbecue pizza mode, mode. <laughs> yeah, pizza mode here you go guys i'm a giant pizza oven. yeah no, I mean, <laughs> possibly like i said there's there's obviously just raises more questions than not, right? It was like, okay, this is cool. It's a giant, you know, mech Pokemon, but now what else are we going to do? So. Mew 3, rock and roll. Yep. All right, question number five. Take it away, Derek. Uh, yeah, so my question for this, and we've kind of touched about this a little bit last time, but now my question is, how many side quest episodes will we get this season? Over, under is three. So we've had two, episode yeah. four and five. We're going to get 12 episodes, right? I think that's right. So, so that means out of the next what, eight? No, seven episodes, right? Am I do? Yeah, seven, seven episodes. That means we'll get two more side quests, or the next seven are all going to be main story. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your no. over under on it? So, according to our friends at the Google machine, uh, the Bad Batch season two is sixteen episodes. Oh, oh. so even so, so even more chance then. Okay. Yeah. We. So I'm gonna say six side quest episodes oh yeah so that's oh. uh that'll leave us with 10 main episodes and i consider one two and three to have been main storyline episodes yeah yeah I, I i would definitely i mean the first part of episode one um obviously with them with the crab guys and stuff like that the first five minutes but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. anything for yeah. the entire episode so. so yeah so so episode one two and three um definitely uh, yes, main main storyline. So that's where I was saying episode four and five, at least at this point. I mean, they could retcon an episode, right? If there's something that ties to it to the main storyline um, that makes four or five 
um, you know, related uh, to the main storyline. But at this point, I would say, yeah, we're three episodes main, two side quests. So you think we'll get six out of 16? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's over prediction. three. Yeah, so. over three for sure. Yeah, definitely. If if that changes it to sixteen episodes, then I probably should have raised it to four. Uh, but you still would have picked it. So yeah. um, so I I'll pick I'm gonna pick four. Um I will say uh uh a quarter of the episodes this season will be side quests. Okay. Yep. That uh, that seems plausible. All right, cool. Well, we're going to take a short break so you can hear about the other shows here on the FPN and then come back for one little piece of Star Wars news before we're out for this particular episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast, we cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast, covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast, with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show, our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU podcast, discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. All right, great. Thanks, Kevin. Well, we got two little pieces of Star Wars news to talk about on this episode. Um, not a whole lot happening in the galaxy far, far away right here in this week, but uh, we did get an interview that came out with Rolling Stone uh, from one Daisy Ridley. And of course, for the rest of her life, people will be asking her about what it was like to play Rey and various Star Wars questions. And so one of the things that came out in this interview was Daisy saying that a lot of fans took umbrage with Brian Johnson doing his reveal in The Last Jedi about Rey's parents were nobodies. Of course, that itself got retconned in The Rise of Skywalker, where it turned out they were somewhat important, being related to Palpatine and all. Uh, but she is telling Rolling Stone here that the idea that Rey's parents were nobodies actually started with J.J. Abrams in The Force Awakens. Uh, she says... Well, J.J. was the one who was like, she is of no one. So it wasn't just The Last Jedi where that was the message. 
Um, Derek, I feel like we've heard her say something really close to this before, or if not her, then, you know, fans have extrapolated the idea from The Force Awakens uh, that he was leading into that pathway when Ryan Johnson took over for The Last Jedi. Uh, of course, the the interviewer tries to nail down Daisy herself, and you know she's always very good about not taking one side or the other over the whole raised parents are important, raised parents are nobodies, which version of the story was better. Um, and I always thought that the best way to take this is that this was yet another challenge she had to overcome, that uh, the whole your parents are nobodies was to test her mettle as to whether she wanted to keep trying to do the right thing or if she was going to accept what Kylo Ren said, where they sold her off for drinking money. Um, does this interview from Rolling Stone uh, change any of the, the storyline for you there? Uh, not really, because let's be honest, one, they didn't, you know, even though it might have started with J.J. Abrams in episode seven, you know, they still didn't actually have a full three-part story developed anyways at that time. Had it been, this is what it's going to be, then J.J. leaves, then they do, you know, Ryan Johnson, and then that pisses off half the Star Wars fans, and then so they decide to scratch it and go into it, then that's possibly, but there wasn't, I mean, there's no way to really say one way or another. Um, I'm fine. I mean, obviously, I think um, both versions can be fine right because i think to mm -hmm. to the one point i mean we obviously you know the whole mary sue thing and the way that adapted into uh, after that but and what we use it in popular culture now um but you know overall i mean i think that that version would have been like okay you know you might not be quote unquote you know the genetics or whatever to be somebody special or born into this you know uh heritage or whatever of, of a of a family but you can still do great things and then the other version of, well, you're the, you know, child of a, you know, vicious tyrant, evil person. You don't have to grow up to be your parents. Right. 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 So it doesn't really matter. No, um, I think either message is still can be spin positive. Um, and so it's just the way they did it. It's just like I said, it's just a shame because there is back and forth and people want to argue it just to make it because, like I said, they are so criticized that they are that people are going to nitpick whatever and be like, well, this, but then the same people would have complained about it regardless anyways. So. True. True. I always feel that the sequel trilogy would have been better than it was if JJ had really been in charge for all three movies, even behind the scenes, you know, and I think that he felt that way too, which is part of the reason why he ended up leaving between seven and eight. And then everything went so crazy. And the situation well, I with... thought initially they had signed him on for all three episodes they... anyways. Yeah, they and did. Then he and he wanted, he felt he, like he didn't have enough uh, control over it. Oh, well, yeah, because Kathleen Kennedy's mm -hmm. a bad person when it came to that portion. So and, luckily and she also he released at, all that. But he, so. he bucked at the idea of um, the story group. Like, you know, he didn't want a, a committee telling him about stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Which I could totally understand. As someone who is a writer, if I'm wanting to write a story, it's going to be hard to write it by committee. I think the story group might be one of the things that gets – excised fairly soon in star wars um we all know that uh, ah. kathleen kennedy has been talking about retiring for quite some time and i think when she retires the person who takes over for her might get rid of the story group 
Well, but then, see, I disagree. I don't like that because if you look at like the cohesiveness of everything, to me, it has to be. If you're going to have all these pieces connecting it, because then there could have been somebody in the background that would have said, hey, let's not do this. Right. And at the same time, somebody would have been like, yeah, yeah but I think true. we should do it this way. And then at the same time, you would have had that one person that has all the Star Wars nerdism notes and everything and says, mm -hmm. we can't do this or we can do this because it is in the written book of Star Wars canon. Right. You know? Yeah. And I'm not saying it you don't want people out there to be adventurous with stuff but there's just like i said some of those fundamentals i felt like that even though one two and three weren't perfect they still held to that now mm -hmm. like i said the whole metachlorians and all that they just would have left that out in jar jar binks i think episode <laughs> one two and three and obviously the dialogue in two could have been a little bit better but outside of that they're not like bad star wars movies you know yeah. in general right they still felt star warsy again i think where six seven eight nine fell apart was they just tried to do too much they tried mm -hmm. to bring this new generation because that's what disney wanted to do they said screw all you people that have been following star wars for the past 30 40 years screw well, I don't you, know. we're if, gonna do our own they, thing if they that's, wanted that's to do what that. they did if they wanted to do that hardcore, though, they wouldn't have bothered to have, you know, Harrison Ford, Mark. No, they, they had to do that because that had to be the passing of the torch. But they didn't do it the right way. They just basically made the main characters side characters. Again, what they should have done is seven should have been our final hurrah with our main cast and our, our new people should have been the subplot and mm. they should have been the ones that learned from them. Because then it would be like, okay, here's the passing of the torch, right? You could have gotten the passing of um, whatever for Finn in episode seven. You could have gotten the passing of Poe in, in episode eight. And then you could have gotten the climactic passing of the Jedi from Luke to Rey in episode nine, which would have put it all together. And to me, that's what it should have been. Um, and then, then you could have had this whole thing lined up for episode 10, 11, and 12, which is now mm -hmm. no more main cast. They either died off in, in the end of seven, eight, nine, or, you know, at the different points or whatever. And then you could have literally had the next, you know, two to three tr trilogies written for that with, with yeah. 10, 11, 12, or whatever new Ray Pofin trilogy you would have started from that. That's yeah. How it although it it appears now that we'll never get an episode ten, in my twelve. Opinion. Although although never say never, right? I mean, I would not have expected a seven, eight, and nine. So you know, again, there's there's a couple of side things you could do. Um, I, again, it's going to take fifteen, twenty years, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. people are so pissed off at it that you're going to have to basically you either had to reboot it entirely, which they're not going to do because that would retcon everything. Um, yeah. Plus, unfortunately, you know, Harrison Ford doesn't want to do anything with it. And Carrie Fisher passed away. So, right. And at this point, you know, I mean, obviously, they, they're they trying to do justice with Mark Hamill um, and, and what we've been able to get with um, Mando and, and Bo Book of Boba Fett with him coming into those episodes as Luke Skywalker. But I mean, again, it's it's the harm is too late and all that stuff. And again, we can have discussions. And I'm not saying, again, seven, eight, nine were necessarily bad movies in themselves if they weren't right. Star Wars movies, right? If they would have been something else, <laughs> then, then you know, and, and the ties to it. And again, I just think one cohesive person and, and story written, because again, I think you look at episode four, five, and six, it's not all the same director, right? you know, that made them, but they were all one story written by one person. And then when yes. five and six came around, there was tweaks and things that that director worked with Lucas as the, the initial writer. And that's where they came together and made it. Right. And that to me would have been what they could have done with, with Abram, right. Okay. Make seven, eight, nine, write it all into one story. 
and then let's nitpick it, right? But they could add that Ryan Johnson come in at eight and kind of done some different things with Abrams being, you know, an executive producer or whatever, exec, you know, whatever. And then same thing with nine had somebody else completely different, right? And I think that could have been fine. Um, like I said, they, they could approach it two, three different ways. This is the way we get it. So it is what it is. And, you know, some people are, will never touch the sequel trilogy. Um, others like myself, if they're going to make something like, I think the potential is a rogue squadron series with yeah. Poe as basically the wedge Antilles. We get that version of rogue squadron as a series on Disney plus or whatever version they want to do, I think has good potential because then that plays the clone wars what Clone Wars did for the sequ- uh, prequel trilogy, right? And I think that's yeah. what we need. So, I I think it, it going forward, there is plenty of storytelling they can do in the sequel era, um, and I think that's what we'll get. We'll get it. We'll get at least one more movie out of it. I think. Um, I'm still holding out hope or predicting that at Star Wars Celebration this year, Daisy Ridley will be there for them to announce the Damon Lindelof film as the next film, and it'll be something involving Ray post episode nine um because daisy's been doing some media stuff recently for no particular reason i mean she's not super busy and she went to um skywalker ranch late last year uh telling everybody it was just to have lunch and catch up with friends well that's not she's not going all the way to california just to have lunch and catch up with friends Uh, especially not at a corporate center you know um so i expect that something's going to be happening sometime soon and celebration this year will probably be the perfect time to announce it then they start filming it next year and it comes out in like 26 25 or 26 you know well i'm still with everyone else don't announce anything until you actually have it filmed like part of the footage and show that (laughs) so i'd rather again hold off no movie announcements this year yeah, and then do it in 2024, and then like I said, but we're already be like, but it's already half shot. We're ready to do it in 2025, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. And hey, maybe that's what's happened, and you know, they've shot the rest, the pieces of it in secrecy. Who knows? I mean, the only other thing that which would really suck because it's four more years. But if they want to wait till 2027, it's the 50th anniversary, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. That could be the next movie. So there's a yeah. there's a chance they could announce it this year. And then, you know, uh, but I don't think they will because it's also in the UK, which is Daisy Ridley's home. So maybe, I don't know. So we'll see. So, all right. Well, anyway, um, but yes, so um, one more piece of Star Wars news this week. Uh, One of the characters from Andor is not going to return for season two. Uh, It's been officially confirmed uh, by the actor in question. And uh, Derek, who is the guy that's not coming back? Uh, so, uh, Linus Musk or Musk, I should say, which was, um, Cyril's handyman henchman, right? The, the Sergeant guy. Uh, so Alex Fern has confirmed on, um, social media that his character is not returning in season two, which isn't surprising at the same time, because I mean, he was abolished off to whatever mining working colony was on there where he relayed that information to Cyril, right. About Andor and all that stuff. So maybe he wasn't as, you know. Maybe he's content working that, unlike Andor, who got sent to prison and had to break out, right? So, but uh, I guess at this point, it is confirmed that uh, we will not see uh, Mosk again. So, yeah, and yeah, over on Twitter, uh, Alex Ferns says uh, he thought it would be the case uh, that maybe Mosk was going to become a rebel and join the rebellion, but he says, "Alas, you have seen the end of Mosk. I had a blast playing him, and I'm glad you and others enjoyed him too. Au revoir." Uh, so, yeah. So no, unless we uh, get so, a season three, 
unless we get a season three, yeah, which is possible. Um, but then, of course, uh, also there's a chance that Mosk as a character could show up in some other story someday. But that seems pretty unlikely. Or maybe a video um, game. Maybe a video game. Yeah, that would be true. Or, of course, they could easily do some Star Wars and or comic books that were set prior to some of the stuff or, or in between, you know, stories on the, uh, the the series there. So we could see him again in some form, but likely not played by this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, time for Derek's favorite part of the show. What Star Wars t-shirts are we wearing this episode? Uh, I decided to uh, give a little bit of an homage to Andor and uh, had my Rogue One shirt that has uh, Cassian nice. and K2 and all of those guys uh, hanging out on my shirt with the U-wings flying behind them. And it just says, may the force be with us because they knew that it was a doomed mission, almost like the Dirty Dozen or, you know, a Suicide mm -hmm. Squad uh, trope there. Uh, Derek, what do you got on? So I got two things. First thing I'm wearing uh, is an homage to Nathan for his birthday. Oh, cute. It is uh, Chibi Chewbacca with some Chibi Ewoks hanging out with him. Yes. Good times. But then I, I picked this up at Hobby Lobby um, this past week because they had their spring stuff on 40, 50% sale. I can't remember, but it was on sale. So I had to pick it up. I have to slip back a little bit so I can show you. Oh, gosh, this must be a large thing. It is a large thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is a, a painting of Boba Fett firing his blaster to the left-hand side and in his very much uh, Empire Strikes Back era armor with the beat-up helmet and whatnot, but not quite as um, dark of an armor and not quite as, uh, shall we say, girthy Boba Yeah, Fett. I was going to say, not as much as Sarlacc as saliva all over it. So. <laughs> That's right. He's not quite the dad Boba Fett dad bod boba fett that he was in the book yeah. of boba fett. it does so, yeah. look like though the way the background is that it is one of the shots from um return of the jedi though the way the the background okay. with the light is so it looks like it would be from out in the sands right somewhere in the lighter yeah. background right yeah and his 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 armor his beskar is in pretty bad shape so the paint's chipping everywhere so it hasn't been you know refurbished like it was in the book of boba fett yep so. Well, if you guys want to get your own cool What a Piece of Junk t-shirt or I guess wall hanging like that, maybe, I don't even know, um, pillow, mouse pad, whatever, please check out the T Public Store for all of the Fandom Podcast Network. So just head over to tpublic.com and search up Fandom Podcast Network and you can find all sorts of merchandise. Derek, let folks know where they can find the show out there on the internet, please. Uh, so the big place that we like to promote is obviously uh, from the fpnet.podbean.com, uh, which is the masterpiece on the Podbean app. But again, you can go anywhere um, that you can download Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Google Play, anywhere you can do uh, podcasts. Um, big thing too is when you go um, to those podcast place podcast places and download or stream us, please leave a review, a like it, or whatever we can, because again, that just helps promote um, our show here. What a piece of junk! Uh, which we do for fun. Again, there isn't anything that we do out of here that's going to make us a ton of money, so we can retire and just become social media content creators. Um, but <laughs> you know, it does it does keep the lights on um, for all the stuff that you know Kyle and Kevin and any of the other. Um, contributors for the FPNet um, mass, you know, the the overall group network group, uh, keep things going for them. 
Uh, same thing with the T Public Store, right? Any anything helps. Um, but you can also find us um, on other social media platforms. Obviously, the Facebook group is What a Piece of Junk of Star Wars Podcast, which I oversee. The email is What a Piece of Junk Pod at gmail.com, which you run, as mm-hmm. well as the Twitter account at What Wars, and then Instagram, which is the Fandom Podcast Network, uh, which Kyle runs. So. Yeah, and we hope that you will take a moment to leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'd love those five-star reviews, but, you know, be honest. Give us whatever feedback you think we deserve. One, two, three, four, five stars. Um, any five-star review helps because it can help other listeners to find the show in their list of recommended Star Wars content. Uh, and also, if we don't get enough good reviews, the Wookiees get angry with us, and you do not want to upset the Wookiee. Nope. Not at all. So, yeah, we want to thank you all for joining us this episode. Please hit us up on social media between shows to let us know what we can do to improve what you like, what you dislike, what you want us to add, what you want us to take away. Uh, and we please want to remind you to always respect each other and always respect each other's fandom. Well, Nathan's not here, so I'm going to have to punch it myself. Arr, 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 arr. <laughs>